Will you open your Bible to John chapter 1? Please stand for the reading of God's Word. The title of my message, The Real Truth About Jesus Christ. John chapter 1. Verses 1 through 5 and then verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You may be seated. When the Crab family was singing, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold and have riches untold than to be the king of a vast domain. I leaned over to my wife and said, that's my song that I've requested to be sung at my funeral. <laughs> and so maybe something's about to happen here today. You stick around for a few hours. <laughs> Someone's got to sing it at my funeral. <laughs> what we believe about Jesus Christ determines whether we have eternal life or not. It determines whether we go to heaven or if we are going to spend eternity in hell. Think about that for a moment. It's what you believe about Jesus Christ. I'm appalled by the number of ministers and denominations that have come out in favor of their people seeing the movie, The Da Vinci Code, or reading the book even. Dan Brown's book is a movie. It not only is fiction, it's a lie. It doesn't deserve the rating even as a novel because it is despicable deterioration and attack upon Christianity and it doesn't deserve the recognition that it's been given. It's blasphemy, it's false doctrine. It's an attack on the Christian faith it's an attack on the Bible, an attack on the, our belief that this is the Word of God, the inspired Word of God. It is God's Word, whether people believe it or not, it's still God's Word. And so I can't understand anybody speaking in favor of the book or the movie. From this pulpit and from this church, we want you to know we disapprove of it. We do not believe that it's even a good novel. We don't believe just simply because it, it is claimed now to be fiction. Originally, Dan Brown claimed that all of those facts and figures were true. He's changed his story because there were so many people expressing dismay about it. And he claims that, well, all along I told you it was fiction. All along he told us that it was based on fact and research. And so for you to support the Da Vinci Code book or movie, to me, 
I can't understand your position or the position anyone in this television audience today would take to defend the Da Vinci Code. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and give him praise. You must believe that or you're going to hell. Here's what the Bible says in John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. You'll have life through his name if you believe that this book is a true reflection of the account of the birth of Jesus, his life, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his redemptive work. All of the prophecies in the Old Testament and all of the reality recorded of his life on earth in the New Testament. The sermon that I preached on May the 7th, on Mother's Day, on Sunday evening, God spoke to my heart to bring a message on repentance. And so I preached a sermon entitled, Repent and Believe and Receive. Repent has been the call of every major revival movement in history. There never has been a spiritual awakening that didn't have coupled with it a great call to repentance for people to seek God to forgive them for their sins of their nation, their community, and their own life, and even in the church family. A repent message. John the Baptist came preaching repentance. Jesus Christ said, repent, for the kingdom of God is nigh. Peter said, repent, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostle John, writing the book of Revelation, in the message to the seven churches in chapter 2 and chapter 3, was instructed by the Lord Jesus Christ to tell each of those churches to repent. And so I believe the message is relevant. It's a message we need to hear today. As I preached that message on repentance that night, there was a move of God across this congregation at altar time. There was a holy hush. No one spoke. No one moved. A complete silence. Finally, there was a few sobs heard. And tears began to trickle down people's cheeks. And soon there was moaning and groaning and people sobbing as they repented for America, for Jacksonville, for our own church family, for ourselves and our individual faults and failures, mistakes and shortcomings. And that altar service turned out to be churchwide across this congregation. No one moved. It was just a, an awesome moment of repentance. And then it broke into eventually a victory where God began to do great works of grace in people's lives. Shortly after that service, it went long. It was late when we dismissed. This time of the year, the sun doesn't set early. And it was somewhere between 8.30 and 9 o'clock, John Harwell went back, our youth pastor went back to the nursery to collect his children. And he noticed a rainbow, a double rainbow arching across the building above the cross. So he drove around front, took his camera, and took a picture of that rainbow, which is a covenant 
of God with mankind that he will not allow the, the world to be inundated by a flood again, but it's reserved to fire and judgment. And you can see it's not clear light because of the time of day, almost dark setting in, but the rainbow right above the cross. And there was a double rainbow. He could only get one into focus there. But I believe that God just validated what had taken place under that cross and in this building that night. It was the beginning of something happening good for families, for homes, for estranged people who would not speak to one another maybe, or feelings that ought not to be in a Christian life. I believe it was the beginning of a change for our city, which has been bathed in the blood of people who have been murdered in recent weeks and months. This year, it's incredible. And the violence, the crime that is raging out of control. We heard our sheriff speak in a meeting at CPR this past Thursday. And what an inspiration he was to that group of Christian professional resource people that had gathered for luncheon that day. But they're working hard and have a task force working and we want to support what our community is doing to try to make a change in Jacksonville. The change has got to happen in here. It cannot come only from law enforcement. It can't come only from the city council. It can't come from troops and guns, but it's gonna come when people are willing to surrender their guns and their knives and their weapons and quit trying to solve their problems with violence. In the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 36 through 38, the apostle Peter preached a sermon on the day of Pentecost. The people said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. I want to tell you, the same Christ that the Da Vinci Code is trying to crucify, God has made him Lord and Christ and he's still Lord. He's still Lord. He's still Lord. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Conviction set in. And they said unto Peter, to the rest of the disciples, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I want to call for repentance on the part of those who have even spoken favorably in favor of the book, The Da Vinci Code or the movie. I want to call you to repentance and ask you to ask God's forgiveness because it is a, a crime against Jesus Christ. Jerry Falwell said on a national television program this past week when he was asked what he thought about the Da Vinci Code after a more liberal person had spoken favorably in favor of it. He said, well, I detest it. It's an attack upon my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's exactly where I stand today. It's an attack upon our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me talk to you about the blaspheming and the untruth of the Divinity Code. Divinity Code. All right. Da Vinci Code. Got it out right that time. It rejects the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. It claims that Jesus married Mary Magdalene and they had a child together. How blasphemous can you become? It claims that all four gospels were written two to 400 years after Christ, when it is proven they were written 20 to 40 years 
during the lifetime and after Christ by men who were personal witnesses of the events of those days. Dan Brown claims that Jesus often kissed Mary Magdalene on the mouth. How vulgar can you become? He even claims that Leonardo da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, the 12 people around the table, the one to his right was none other than Mary Magdalene. Well, if that would have been true, and certainly Leonardo da Vinci didn't believe that, he, Mary would have had to kick one of the apostles out of the room and taken his place because all 12 of his disciples were there, including Judas. Including Judas. Can you imagine Jesus allowing Judas to be at the Lord's Supper? He said, one of you will betray me. And from that meeting, he left and betrayed Judas, Jesus with, for 30 pieces of silver. No, it was not Mary Magdalene at his right. The danger of the Da Vinci Code is such as it should warn you from the book of Revelation, I want to read to you the stern warning about adding anything to or taking anything from the word of God. Any book or any movie or anything that you place your approval upon that adds to or takes from the word of God. Here's what God says. I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in the book. I tell you, friends, it's a dangerous thing to compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a dangerous thing to place your approval upon anything that is an attack upon Christianity an attack upon the deity of Christ, an attack upon our Lord and Savior who laid down his life and shed his blood and was buried after his crucifixion and then arose from the dead to validate our claim that we are free from our past sins. Give him a hand. Hell will be mighty hot for unbelievers. There are eight prophecies that Jesus fulfilled there are many more, that, but these eight are significant. I just want to share them with you because he fulfilled Bible prophecy. He was born in Bethlehem as predicted in the Old Testament in the book of Micah chapter 5. He was born in Bethlehem. He was preceded by the messenger John the Baptist with the spirit of Elijah as prophesied in the Old Testament. He entered into Jerusalem riding upon a donkey a colt, the fold of an ass as predicted by the Old Testament. He was betrayed by a trusted friend, Judas, who gave him a kiss, a token of affection, but betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. He was sold, as the Bible predicts, for 30 pieces of silver. The 30 pieces of silver were thrown on the temple floor and used to buy a potter's field as prophesied. He was silent before his accusers as prophesied in the book of Isaiah. Number eight, death by crucifixion as prophesied. He laid down his life as he himself predicted and along with the prophets in the Old Testament. Let's look at the witness of who Jesus is. God the Father claimed him as his son. 
In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17, God the Father, Jehovah God, gave his witness. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God defined who Jesus was. Who is Dan Brown or anyone else to question who Jesus is? God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. At the transfiguration, God the Father testified once again in Mark chapter 9 and verse 7. This is my beloved Son. Hear ye him. Again, he claimed Jesus as his beloved Son. John the Baptist gave witness to Jesus when he pointed to him in John chapter 1 and verse 29 and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Dan Brown can't forgive your sins. No other religious leader can forgive your sins. There is no other Savior. There's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. The name Jesus is the one and only name that can save us from our sins. Simon Peter gave his witness as to who Jesus Christ was. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Simon Peter believed him to be the divine Son of God. Thomas gave his witness when he said, I won't believe that he has been resurrected from the dead until I have some kind of proof. Jesus called him in and he said, Thomas, put your hands and feel these nail scars in my hand. Feel this wound in my side. And then Thomas exuded, my Lord and my God. Thomas gave his witness, the doubting Thomas gave his witness that Jesus Christ was Lord. Can we give witness this morning? He is Lord. He is Lord. On the day of Pentecost, Peter gave his witness in verse 36, chapter 2 of Acts. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. As the world is crucifying Jesus afresh and anew today, let our voices proclaim that he is Lord. And I want you to stand and let's sing it together. He is Lord. For he is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You may be seated. I know we have a, a lot of visitors today and I'm thankful in the early service and in this service when I got to talking about the Da Vinci Code and I noticed a number of people couldn't take it and they left us. Well, I want you to know this church believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Please be seated. Jesus was revealed himself to Saul of Tarsus on the Damascus road. And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. 
He'd been dead and resurrected, but he appeared to Saul of Tarsus on the Damascus road when Saul said, Who art thou, Lord? He'd been smitten to the ground. He heard a voice, saw a bright light. And he said, Who art thou? And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Later, God revealed himself to the apostle Paul, who had been Saul of Tarsus. On the backside of the desert, he too had a vision of Christ. On one occasion, he was caught up in, into the third heavens and saw things that were not lawful for him to believe, I mean, to tell other people, to relate to others. And so I believe that Paul had a personal vision of Jesus. If we deny Jesus Christ, you want me to tell you who you are? You're Antichrist. We read in 1 John chapter 2, verses 22 through 24, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist. He that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall continue in the Son and in the Father. If we deny him, we do not have the Father. If we deny him, we have the Spirit of Antichrist. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12 and verse 9, He that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. If you agree with the Da Vinci Code and you deny the deity of Christ, Christ will deny you before the angels of God at the white throne judgment and at the judgment seat of Christ. You will not appear there to receive a reward as a child of God because you will be denied access. You will not have access to heaven at the judgment seat of Christ, but in the great white throne judgment, you'll hear him say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. You'll be cast into everlasting fire. I believe I'm telling it like the book says it. You may not agree with some present day novelist and fiction writer and the modern media, but I believe that I'm preaching the Christ of this book who came down born of the Virgin Mary who gave his life on Calvary, who was crucified for us, buried, and on the third day was resurrected from the dead and ascended back to God the Father. Amen. Who is Jesus? Yes, he's the Christ that was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in the manger. He's the Christ that the angel said, his name shall be called Jesus because he shall save his people from their sins. He is the one that the wise men said, he is born king, who is Jesus. He is the one that the angels prophesied and said he should be called Jesus. And they prophesied and said he should be called the son of the highest. And the angel said he shall reign. And the angel said that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God. That's the prophecy of angels to Mary. That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God. Yes, who is Jesus? He is Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. He is the same one that in the book of Revelation stood and he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I have the keys of hell and of death. That's who Jesus is. That's who the real Christ is. He's the one that offers to you an invitation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. He's the one beckoning to you that drew you into this room today. Out of the life that the world is living out there. They're pursuing pleasure. But God has you here to pursue something far higher than pleasure. To pursue eternal life. And you must hear his invitation. Come. He invites you to come. To lead that life of sin and degradation. To turn your back on unbelief and doubt and skepticism. To put your faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to believe that he not only died and was resurrected, but he's coming back again. To believe that he's the Christ that the book of Revelation shows. Riding upon a white cloud. And in another scene, riding upon a white horse. And the armies in heaven following him. He's the Christ that's going to set up a kingdom on this earth. A kingdom of peace that will last for a thousand years. And then the eternal perfect state that will last forever and forever and ever. I believe we can have part of the millennial reign of Christ right now. We can have the peace that passes understanding. Jesus said, peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto thee, but the peace of God, the peace of knowing your sins are forgiven. The peace of knowing that when you die, you're going to heaven. The peace of knowing that you're gonna stand there and hear your name written from the book of life, called out from the book of life where it's written there and recorded that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and that you're saved and a member of the body of Christ. Will you bow your head? The Lord Jesus invites you to come. Right now, he's speaking to your heart. You're tired. You're weary. You came into this church because of someone's invitation. But God was pulling you in this direction. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. I want you to know that God is here waiting for you to come to him. I'm going to pray a prayer that everyone in this building, in the balcony, in the galleries, on the lower level, back under the balcony, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Everyone, please. Dear God in heaven, please forgive my sin. Please forgive my sin. I'm sorry that I failed. I'm sorry that I failed. I know that I have missed God. I know that I've missed God. I repent for all my sin. Please come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I believe Jesus is the Son of God, that He died for my sins, that He rose from the dead, and He's coming back again. I accept you into my life as my personal Savior. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. I believe God answers prayer. I believe something just happened. Someone just passed from death to life. Someone is now a new creature in Christ Jesus. And God is going to make your life so different, you'll wonder why you didn't do this a long time ago. You're going to become the happiest person that you could ever have been. Brother Pettibone will be down front here. We have books that we'd like to give to those who've made a decision, either as a backslider, you ask God to forgive you for your backsliding, or if you've never been saved, you've invited him to come in and be the Lord of your life and accepted him as Christ your Savior. I want you, I want everyone to stand, nobody leaving yet. 
everyone's standing and as they're singing, I want to invite anyone who prayed that prayer and you believe God answered that prayer, I want you to come down, get this information, and shake Brother Pettibone's hand, and I'd like to come down and pray with you. You were backslidden. You were away from God. But you've never known Christ in a personal way. I need another lady here to play. Praise God. That's right, cheer. Father, we just pray for each and every person in this room. Some who may not feel free to walk this aisle. I just pray for them that they'll go their way with Jesus Christ as Lord of their life.